Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Kate has been so perfect. I mean, she's right out of central casting when it comes to being a, a member of the royal family. There's no doubt that Meghan's public image has taken a hammering. I think it's going to be interesting in the next couple of weeks to what extent we see Archie during this tour. Hi there, and welcome to New Idea Royals. It's the only podcast that reveals what really goes on behind palace doors. I'm Zoe Burrell, and today we'll be talking about Prince Harry's birthday, Meghan's new strategy, and the surprise addition to Buckingham Palace. Joining us today to share her amazing knowledge is royal expert and commentator Angela Mollard. Hi, Zoe. Hi, Ange. How are you going? Good. Very excited about Prince Harry's birthday and all these lovely um, images and messages that um, we've seen, particularly from his wife. Yes, wasn't there? Well, she gave us a rare glimpse of a very special day for them. What was it? Well, I know. You know how they basically uh, don't give us a lot, the public, uh, their adoring citizens. They get, they mm-hmm. sort of micromanage everything and then, you know, you, you, surprise, you get these little surprises every so often. So on the occasion of Harry's 35th birthday, um, the Duchess of Sussex uh, posted a lovely message on Instagram saying, your service to the causes you care so deeply for inspires me every day. You are the best husband and most amazing dad to our son. We love you. Happiest birthday. Now, that was all very nice and lovely, but the best picture in the whole lot and there was a sort of montage of things that um you know harry is and has done from a little boy through to the military service to their wedding day in the bottom right hand corner of this um grid of pictures was a really special black and white shot of uh the christening day when little baby archie was christened and it's a gorgeous shot megan sitting on the sofa holding little archie and harry is crouching down in front of them, sort of making faces at Archie. And it's a really cute picture. I think this is what we can come to expect from this couple, whereas uh, Kate and William are very predictable. They'll uh, share pictures on birthdays or Christmases or special occasions. Harry and Meghan are a little bit more unpredictable. They sort of, you don't know what you're going to get. And I, I think they like it that way. I like they think they would like us to continue guessing and to not be sure what, what we might be showing. Yes, I kind of love that it was a bit of a surprise photo and we love getting these glimpses. Yeah, that's true. Look, the surprise is a good thing. I think, though, I I do think they need to kind of think through their PR strategy a little bit more and finesse it, which I'll be interested to see how they cover things while they're in Africa next week. I think we'll we'll get a, a real taste of what they're thinking. Yes, exactly. And well, we've also heard um, that Megan, with her returning from maternity leave, that she's intent on working on her public image. Well, this is a story out of London that actually she's come to terms with the fact that her public image hasn't been great. Look, you know, I think that's both of them. I think that the private jets hasn't done their cause any favours. They've been branded eco-hypocrites. I think, it, you know, Kate 
has been so perfect. I mean, she's right out of central casting when it comes to being a, a member of the royal family. She hasn't put a foot wrong. And that naturally invites comparisons, some of which are a bit odious, to be honest. You know, to, to pitch two women against each other is does sometimes seem you know, really unnecessary. But there's no doubt that Meghan's public image has taken a hammering. I mean, people like Elton John, Ellen DeGeneres uh, and others have sort of stood up for her in recent times, including some of her friends. And I, th- you know, the report out of London is that she's actually realised that she does need to uh, toe the, not toe the line, but to actually reflect royal values a little bit more and that she's actually turning to Kate for advice. Now, I don't know if this is true. I'm not sure that that uh, Megan is the ca- sort of character that feels that she needs to turn to someone, particularly a sister-in-law, f- for advice. But I think she's a smart woman who will deduce how things are going down. Now, they've got an opportunity in front of them, the Sussexes, to really uh, prosecute their good work and uh, the influence that they have across multiple uh, issues, from sustainability to environmentalism to women and children's health and education, the landmines in Angola, the reforestation program through much of Africa. I think they've got this ever-expanding list of things that they care about and that they are purposeful about. And I think if they focus on that, uh, in the coming couple of weeks, there may be a resurgence in appreciation for what they do. I mean, if you think about when they were down here during the tour of uh, Australia, New Zealand and the Pacific, they could do no wrong. People loved them. Oh, admittedly, it was their first their first tour together. And of course, Megan had just announced she was pregnant. I think there is deep affection for them. And I think that when they're doing outward focused things that's when they they really come into their own and so i hope that we will see some of that in the in the in the couple of weeks ahead well i think we're already starting to see a bit of that aren't we with megan's first fashion collection that's right zoe the smartworks uh fashion collection that she designed this is a capsule collection of outfits that women can be given for when they are trying to get back into the workforce. So that might be a shift dress or it might be some pants and a shirt. And how it works is that you're given this, uh, women can apply to to receive these these outfits. And then if they're successful at their first interview, they can apply for another outfit for the second interview or for, in fact, starting the new job. Now, this is an amazing you sort of come out of nowhere idea that the idea of women not having, you know, Megan has done the research and found that that women aren't equipped for when they need to go to job interviews. Anyway, they, she did the this gorgeous shoot with the women involved in promoting the brand, but she hadn't told anyone she was going to turn up. And so there's this lovely uh, video of her, one of the models coming up the stairs and noticing, seeing that it's Megan and just you know, loses it. And Megan's, you know, sort of emotional. She was there on the day. She was helping styling. This model, Kate Lily de Graaf Johnson, came out and said, you know, she was incredible. She was really welcoming. She put everyone at ease and it was phenomenal. And um, it's lovely to see. I think when the, when we're focused on that sort of thing, the, the work that they actually do, it's, it detracts from the kind of PR messaging around them. And I think if the more that they can get out there and talk about the work that they're doing, the more that gives something for people to feed off other than, you know, their family and personal life. So it, it's a good thing. I think in Africa we'll see something similar. Yes, I know. I can't wait for that. <laughs> mm. And Harry and William are also sending out encouraging messages on an important subject. What can you tell us about that? 
Yeah, look, it's it's really interesting. I, the social media is has revolutionised the way that the royals talk to the public, and we've seen that. You know, the the Sussexes now have nine point four million followers. The Cambridges have more than ten million, and they are really using using their social media in a comprehensive way. So, for instance, the Sussexes are showing that the, the well, they're both showing the work that they do. They acknowledge birthdays and that sort of thing. But where it was particularly telling was this week when. And uh, former uh, Welsh rugby player Gareth Thomas, who is a well-known person in, in Britain, he was also a, player, a, a member of the Lions squad, he came out and shared the story that he was HIV positive. And uh, just before he was about to do an Ironman competition, Gareth had, had long ago married his childhood sweetheart. That marriage ended. He's now married to a man. Um, and he's come out just before this Ironman event and said that he was hoping to re-educate people around the subject of HIV, that he'd lived with it for years. Um, it made him extremely vulnerable, but it did not make him weak, and he wanted to break the stigma around that subject. Well, both Harry and William, who know Gareth, William, of course, was the patron of the of rugby in the UK, have come out and and called Gareth a legend. Now, this was instant. I mean, Harry's message is, Gareth, you're an absolute legend and sharing your story of being HIV, HIV positive, you're saving lives and shattering stigma by showing you can be strong and resilient while living with HIV. Uh, we should all be appalled by the way you were forced to speak your truth. It is yours and yours alone to share on your terms and I and millions stand with you. I think this is really... What's powerful about this is that it, it's resonant of Princess Diana. I mean, Diana was one of the first people to go in and sit with uh, people suffering from HIV and AIDS, to hold their hands, to destigmatize the illness, and to make you know not make people that that were suffering feel like pariahs. And it's clear that that has had an impact. I mean, we know Diana took William and Harry with her to many of these. Uh, hospitals and hospices, and they clearly have uh, taken her message to heart. And both of them, within moments of of Gareth posting his message, was out there in support of him. And I think this is when they use their social media for real effect and um, and good. And it's great to see them doing it. In the past, we never knew how they felt. There was no conduit to the public. And I think there's a lot of criticism of social media and 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 how the royals use it and, and the fact, you know, that should they be posting these in sort of inspiring quotes or is that a bit cliched and icky? The fact is they are connecting with people. They have tremendous followers because, because of who they are and they can really affect a difference. And I thought that was a lovely response from both of them. And it's lovely to see them following their mum's footsteps like that. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's really, uh, just really special. You feel like the work that she must have done before her death, you know, they were so, so young, yet it's clearly really uh, innate within them. So it, it had to have been her character that's been passed on uh, and, and and the modelling that she showed, which which gives you hope that, you know, that, that children can flourish even in the, in, even in the face of great grief and loss. Yeah. And um, speaking of children, though, moving on to something a bit fun, we know that mm. Harry gave a little update on Archie, didn't he? That's right. Look, I, it's not earth-shattering, I'll tell you that, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> he has said, surprisingly, 
that he's getting so big. Children generally do that. They generally do get bigger. Um, and he said that he was really well. Prince Harry was at a uh, rugby event, in- interestingly, at uh, school in Luton. And the kids, you know, the teenagers there were saying how old, you know, how old was he and how was he? And he said he's getting really big and um, that they're all looking forward to going to Africa next week. So that's, you know, we've, we get very rare updates, but um, but that was a nice one. Nice yeah. to know that, um, nice to know. Look, I think, I think it's going to be interesting in the next couple of weeks to what extent we see Archie during this tour. They've said, you know, that the program events has come out. We know that Megan is going to be in South Africa, that Harry is going to go to Angola, Malawi, Botswana, that he's going to be working on the, uh, uh, so the, the Queen's Canopy, which is the reforestation of areas of all around the globe and in Africa particularly it's the Okavango Delta area that he's going to be working on then he's going up to Angola to work with the Halo Trust and um, to also uh, has events with his own uh, children's charity Centre Bali so we'll be seeing that to what extent we see Archie we don't know they have said that there's nothing planned and of course it will rely on his sleep patterns and jet lag and various things but I I'm sure that in taking him they will you know he will be there at events if you remember George's first trip uh, Prince George's first trip down under here with his parents it was um you know we saw him playing with children in a daycare center and various things now obviously Archie is a as a little bit younger than George was at that stage but I'm sure we will get those images it just depends to what extent and with you know what sort of warning I don't think there'll be a lot I think they'll sort of make those decisions on the day which is you know they're completely entitled to do that it's a it's a trip that uh is focused on their work not their private lives of course but I am hoping we do get a few glimpses even if it's just arrivals or departures at the airport <laughs> oh I hope it's more than that Zoe. I, do too, I hope we actually but... see them it feels like we've sort of you know kids from the age of about six weeks then, you know, once they get to five months, they're actually proper little people. I mean, you see the, how Prince George, uh, not Prince George, Prince Louis changed so much in those uh, first months of his life. And I think it'd be really nice to, to get an update, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see, won't we? Fingers crossed. <laughs> and we've also discovered that we may know who one of his godparents are. Is that right? We do. Um, Misha Nanu is one of Megan's oldest friends. She's a fashion designer. She worked on the SmartWorks capsule collection there's a lot of talk that she's one of the godparents but I'm not sure I think it'll be a while before we ever know and speaking of royal children apparently Prince George has other children over for playdates at the palace I love this story look of course he does because he's you know he's a kid he's six he has friends um, but it's not like going to anyone's house for a play date you don't just rock up drop them off pick them up you know, a couple of hours later, uh, they have to have security vetting and all sorts of things like that. But can you imagine being the mum of a child uh, in George's class? You just so want them to be friends with him just so you could go and do the pickup and have a cup of tea with Kate and, you know, see what the decorate, you know, what the decorating scheme is within Kensington Palace and, you know, imagine them being friends for years. Wouldn't that be the best? You'd, ha- you'd have to be a very unambitious parent not to, not to want them to be friends. But, I agree. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd but, be like, oh, go and play with that little boy over there. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can imagine how many uh, parents have said that, can't, can't you? <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a funny one. Anyway, apparently he loves having 
people over for play dates. And but imagine if you had to reciprocate and you had to have Prince George round. Like you'd be terrified. Well, you'd have to have the royal protection officer sitting in your backyard while the kids played on the trampoline. And then what if Prince George like whacked his front tooth out on your trampoline or something like that? It would just be. I mean, you'd have to be so careful, wouldn't you? It would be oh, totally, <laughs> totally worrying. I think it's the worst pers- possible child to have over to your house. Fine for yours to go to his. Not so cool if he comes to yours. <laughs> yes, definitely not your usual play date. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Although it quite, might be quite nice when Kate turns up with um, with Charlotte and Louis to pick their, you know, this uh, his Prince George up, and you know, you get to say, I mean, you'd really have to tidy up your house first, wouldn't you? It'd be <laughs> Of course. Very funny. (laughs) Anyway, it's nice to imagine that they're just normal like us, even though they're not. Yeah, I love that. And of course, the new season of The Crown is about to launch, which I'm very excited about. What can you tell us about it? I'm excited too, Zoe, because obviously this season has a whole change of cast. We've got Olivia Coleman stepping into the Queen's. Uh, position uh, from Claire Foy, who did such a brilliant job in the first two seasons. Prince Philip is uh, Tobias Menzies. We've got Helena Bonham Carter as Princess Margaret. Uh, Prince Charles, Josh O'Connor, and um, the Queen Mother appears. And not possibly this uh, season, but more likely the fourth season, we've also got Princess Diana cast, which is really interesting. It's a young actress called Emma Corrin, who I think is going to be really interesting. But what I'm really looking forward to about this uh, series is this is go, it covers the time when Charles actually first met Camilla. And I think what we will see and what we will understand from the crown is how deeply in love he was and how ill-fated they were that he went away with um, the military. She found, you know, started dating Andrew Parker Bowles. They, they married and yet this love between Camilla and Charles had been there all along, that, that how well suited they were. I'm really interested to see that relationship play out. I mean, obviously, we enter the Thatcher years as well, which will be interesting. And obviously, Margaret Thatcher is going to enter the series and she's being played by Gillian Anderson. So it's going to be a fun series when it starts later this year. Isn't it just, I can't wait to watch it. And speaking of TV series about the royals, there's a new series that's about to give a rare insight into life in the royal palaces, including some of the peculiar facilities you might find there. What does the Queen have at Buckingham Palace? Well, Zoe, she has an ATM machine. She has a very really? own cash machine, <laughs> even though the royals are known for not carrying cash. So I think it's probably more likely used by her many hundred staff rather than her. But interesting, the thing I love is they used to have a bar there as well for the staff, but she's uh, put the kibosh on that because they drank too much. So they're allowed to get money out at the ATM, but there's no bar to spend it in these days apparently. Um, (laughs) And I love that. I can just imagine that they were all getting too drunk, so she's closed it down. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a big great place to work back then when it was open. I think so. There's a swimming pool as well, apparently, that they can use. And obviously, you know, the crockery is quite nice and the gardens are very uh, lovely to sit in. But um, I imagine you work quite hard if you work at Buckingham Palace. You know, there's a lot of silver to polish. (laughs) Of course. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ange. Thanks, Zoe. And thank you to everyone for listening. For more on the Royals, please go to newidea.com.au or our Facebook page, New Idea Royals. And of course, don't forget to check out our new Royal Mag, New Idea Royals Monthly, on sale now. Hold up. 
Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you.